You're listening to MHD Off the Record, South LA Highlights, where I, Siobhan Taylor, speak with local organizations, small businesses, and individuals doing amazing work in South LA. Here, we uplift and highlight their work while keeping you informed of the resources available in our community. On this episode, we speak with John Jones Jr. and John Jones III, co-founders of the Eastside Riders Bike Club, a volunteer organization in Watts with the mission to improve Watts through community service, charity work, and bike programs aimed at keeping local youth out of gang activity. Enjoy the show. It's such an honor to be able to sit down and talk with you guys, both uh, John Jones Jr., a.k.a. Pops. Yes. And John Jones the third, aka John Jones third, <laughs> aka John Jones the third. And the reason why I'm saying it's a pleasure is because I've actually seen your club around for a few years, and um, you're noticeable, and I love it, and you're present, and you're at a lot of events. Yeah. You guys don't miss them, actually. <laughs> it seems like you don't miss them, but I think what you guys are doing and the work that you guys do, even beyond bicycling and having a bike club is amazing because you're not just a club you're an actual organization with volunteers i'm curious to know how you guys even started this how did this even begin well it started back in what about 2008 when we started east side right so about 2007 it started with another club really yes it was another club we was involved in a friend of mine wanted to start a club and he told me to get some help and get some people we got them and the name of that club was uh, <laughs> Me and the Boys. <laughs> Me and the Boys. <laughs> real, real simple name. <laughs> Me and the Boys. So it was you and the Boys bicycling. <laughs> yeah. So then uh, he wanted to do other things that Eastside, you know, that we didn't want to do, and John came up with the name of Eastside Riders. What kind of things did, did you guys want I to do? I wanted to sit in the park. You want to sit in the park? Have beautiful bikes and just look at our bike. And barbecue. <laughs> he wanted to have a good time yeah. and chill. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I'm just here for the summer fun. Yeah. And then John, he got hold to it and he just changed it and did a whole 360 on it. Oh, wow. So you guys started off in 2007 with a different bike club. Yes. And that was just you and the boys kicking it. We was all originals. So, um, okay. like the transition. To Eastside Riders, actually, it was named in the pot um, to to come up with what we wanted the the club name to be, and um, Eastside Riders came out. It was my idea. I threw in there, um, and Eastside Riders is not your typical Eastside, Westside, Northside story. Um, Eastside Riders has everything to do with every big city has an Eastside of the town. Um, some towns, like our communities, have the Eastsides, and that's where poverty is. And um, we wanted to show that not not only was we were we here we're here, but um, we're also going to do things in our community. Even though you know we come from a community that people forget about, mm-hmm. um, we're still going to do work in our community and shine like the gems we are. I often say, <laughs> and I say this very much. I've been saying this for years. Watts is probably one of the most neglected parts of the city. Yes, yeah. it is. Shared by everybody. Yeah. Yeah. You know, two council uh, members, a uh, supervisor. <laughs> Um, you know, so <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's, I know it's tough. I know it's a tough area. Um, but even before the 2007 bike club, how'd you get into bicycling at all? Like, where's what's your background to well, even riding, being into bike riding? I've been riding bikes since I was like six, seven. I'm, I'm I ain't scared to steal my age. I'm 63 years old. <laughs> You're young. So I've been riding bikes since I was six, seven years old, and it's always been a, a hobby and a joy for me to ride. You know, ride bikes and and. Uh, then I just 
I don't know. I stopped riding them and started. We got into the working phase and then got back into them. And this is just, it just brings back the, the youth in me, put it like that. And so, what year is that bike you have? Um, the PB Herman bike? Well, that's, that's Are we able to say PB Herman? No, that's a replica. <laughs> oh, a replica. Well, that's, uh, the oldest bike I got is a, a 63 Skipper, Swin Skipper. Wow. Yeah. So you've been holding them, holding yeah, on to them. I had a 59, them. but I left it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so you were getting, so you had been biking your whole life. Yes. You had a stint of time where you were probably more focused on work. And you said, I got to get back into that thing I love. Yes, yes. What did you love about it? It's just the freedom of riding and extra, you're getting exercise. So you're getting the freedom of riding. You can see more on the bike than in the car. Right. And, uh. You can stop any, almost anywhere and get off and get back on easier <laughs> than getting in and out of a car. Yeah. Absolutely. And it was like in our neighborhood, it was places that we couldn't go because of the gang. So I have friends around. We was about maybe 14, 15. We had a little, we had a little club, but we didn't have no name for it. <laughs> we just rode bikes. You know? And we used to ride from uh, Watts to East L.A. And everywhere. we 12, 13 years old. You know? Riding down Alameda, didn't know no different. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a much different era than today. Because yes. even when I was a kid, we rode bikes yes. everywhere, um, and I was like nine, ten, and my parents just let me <laughs> roll all over Inglewood. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and now you don't see nine and ten year olds on bicycles just At running all. through the community. Nope. I'm assuming you got into bicycling because of your dad. I got into bicycling because of my dad. Twenty eight years old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you did it then. So 20... you got into it later. <laughs> yeah. So oh wow. When we started this bike club. He gave me. A 1980 Schwinn and um, fixed that up um, and, and people still look at us as that bike club when we started with uh, lowrider style bikes and lowrider bikes and uh, we we evolved we have lowrider bikes we have all kind of bikes um, I've seen the lowrider you know, bikes um, <laughs> and we don't pull out the lowrider bikes as much as we used to um, we're, we're kind of going with how we understand and how we feel we have a bike for every occasion um, I had one bike when we first started, I probably have maybe close to 100 bikes now. Oh, wow. I thought he was going to say, like, more. 10. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that extra digit. Yeah. Wow. So how did what made you get started then in, at 28? What, what got you into it? So I got laid off from a job. Um, I, I was My father came to me with the idea. I told him he was crazy. Wasn't going to be riding no bikes um, through the community. I had a job. I had a company car. I wasn't thinking about a bike. And when I got laid off, that's when I came back to him and, and, and <laughs> was like, yo, so what's up with this bike thing? We ain't, we, we're not going to be chilling in a park. Um, <laughs> so when I was younger, my mom, she used to have us um, uh, doing food for the homeless in our front yard. We had uh, Thanksgiving dinners in our front yard with folks. Um, and we was poor ourselves. Um, we, we wasn't rich. We're not rich. I mean, Unless we talk about how rich we are through what my son said. We're rich by the things that we do. Mm. Um, so, yes, we are rich. Um, but we fed people in our front yard. We did shoeboxes for Christmas. We gave back to people all from our front yard. Or my mom not only had her five kids, plus um, her nieces and nephews that she brought from the East Coast, eight of them, living in our house and still doing this for other people. So um, when wow. Pops came to me with the idea, I was like, we need to incorporate some of the stuff that my mom did for us, um, did for other people um, when we was younger. We need to incorporate it in, in um, this bike club. 
that's a beautiful story. And that's a beautiful way to put that because it's almost like you combine these two elements from both of your parents, Mm -hmm. you know, bicycling and the joy of bicycling and what we can do with it from your mom. How can we serve the community with this club or this organization? So what made you guys, you know, go from bicycling specifically into doing community work? So just the social services part of um, understanding that, you know, our government is put there to make sure that things are regulated. Um, our government is not supposed to be there. I mean, they can be, but they're not, they're, they're not made to be there doing the work on the ground, right? Mm-hmm. So I've always seen that nonprofit organizations should be the in-between um, government, um, you know, government and the people. Mm-hmm. Um, the nonprofit should have their ears to the streets and um, listening to the every concerns of the community and going back and talking to our government officials about what our community needs. And, 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 and so when we decided to do some of the social work, it was like, all right, we're hearing this in our community. Um, let's do this. So feeding the community was one of the first things we seen. The homeless population w- was in Watts, but it wasn't as big as it is now when we first started. So the first thing we did was went and bought sandwiches, did it all wrong. My mom told me we did it all wrong. <laughs> uh, we made the sandwiches. Mm-hmm. And we rode around hours and watched mm-hmm. uh, in the canals, the side streets, the alleys, looking for homeless folks. And um, we, we we fed them, you know, sandwiches, chips, and water. And that was one of the first things we did as an organization. And we had people joining us from all over, driving from Ontario, driving from from uh, from San Bernardino County, um, Reseda, you know, just coming down here to ride with us to feed uh, people in our community. So they heard what you guys were doing and was like, hold up, I want to be a part of that, and just joined up. Just joined up with us, and we continued, um, and it started snowballing. We at one point in time we was uh, we was watching people kids for them because they were dropping <laughs> off their kids to go on bike rides with us. They'll drop them off at eight in the morning to help us make sandwiches and pick them up at five thirty, six o'clock at night. <laughs> so we became a uh, little daddy daycare. <laughs> and I said, it has to be a better way to do this. Um, so we started um, involving parents um, with their kids on mm-hmm. bikes. Um, this is a sport that kids can go pro in, uh, mm-hmm. cycling. This is also a sport that a parent can participate with their kid in, um, unlike basketball, football, um, baseball. Yeah, and you know we can get in some of those benefits of bicycling, and especially bicycling with youth. Number one, I like that you just called it a sport. I literally have never heard anyone just refer to it casually like you did as a sport. Yep. So <laughs> it's interesting that you guys even kind of, I'm sure, transformed the way people have been thinking about bicycling. Because mm-hmm. you might just see it as a form of transportation, but it's which it is, and it's a great way to support you know a healthy environment. But it's also uh, it could be a career path. It can also be a way for it could be for your mental health, things like that. Mm-hmm. What are some of the other benefits that you've seen um, from the community participating in bicycling? It's clearly, it's a space for young people, and then you invited families. What are mm-hmm. some other benefits? So I learned um, about that major benefit that you just talked about, the mental health, the clearing heads piece. I didn't know that that we was doing that. Um, we we was doing a one of those uh, group surveys, and we had all of our team in a room, and um, we was doing like a clearance house on how things were. And um, one of the members said that this is, they were the first one to speak up on it, this is my mental health piece. This has helped me clear my mind. And then next thing you know, everybody in the room 
was talking about how, you know, if they're having a bad day, they go on a bike ride and it's helped clear them, clear their mind. I'm like, oh, okay. Now we're doing mental health as well. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't even realize the impact it could have on mental health. And by the way, there are studies that show specifically cycling, most exercise, but cycling in particular is one of the best ways to uh, de-stress to um, it also builds self-esteem mm-hmm. um, because you know the more you are able to do the more like the more pride you have in yourself right yeah. before you couldn't uh, bike up a hill now you can bike yeah. up a hill right easily. <laughs> <laughs> you easily I still walk my bike up the hill um, I'm getting there it takes time but you know that mental health piece is such an important part to highlight because of the fact that you're in a community like Watts mm-hmm. um what are some of the things that you've maybe even seen with your own eyes as far as the impact of having bicycling there and supporting mental health? Well, um, not only, you know, my father, at he's not afraid to say his age, 63, <laughs> <laughs> um, been able to, especially with some of the conditions that he has with his sight, things like that, been able to ride a bike from Lamert Park to Watts, or, you know, being able to use the transportation system and his bike um, to, to get where he needs to go. Um, just seeing more families going out into the community and seeing more bike lanes put down in the community and seeing that, you know, and just changing the narrative of um, we use bikes as as a form of transportation and some people use it as a toy, like mm-hmm. mine. Now I'm in that category as using bikes as a toy, right? <laughs> but it's also a form of transportation because um, um, I have so many, right? <laughs> um, but I'm starting to see more people in the community pick it up. And when we first started, we seen people riding bikes on the sidewalk the wrong way. Um, we didn't see as many bike lanes as we see today um, in the community. And that just shows that people are are. They, they want to come out and use their bikes, and now they have a space to use their bikes, and that's helping them to, to come down on some of the stresses that, that, that they have and that they're, they're carrying, and they didn't know um, how, to get, how to get those stresses off of them. And they have um, another tool in their toolbox to get some of the stress off of them instead of just going to the gym. Yeah, and I think that's an important thing to highlight is having the space and the means to be able to bicycle through your own community. Because you also get to actually see your community mm-hmm. as you're bicycling, which is one of the beautiful things I love about Ciclavia, right? Is yeah. that it's a, they, you know, um, take space yeah. in a neighborhood so you can, and the residents there can actually see what businesses exist, see mm-hmm. what resources are there. You can pass right by them in your car, yeah. right? And knowing that you have resources in the community also helps you to de-stress, right? Um, So there's the actual act of bicycling. It's the fact that you have space to bicycle. Mm -hmm. And now you also can see what exists in your community. And I agree. I think that definitely helps bring down stress. Um, Because otherwise, you can walk around your own neighborhood tense, Mm -hmm. right? All day. Especially in Watts. Right. South L.A. Right. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So because in South L.A., we, you know, a lot of us are dealing with historical trauma, Mm -hmm. intergenerational trauma, environmental trauma. Um, One of the things I love about, you know, our office in the 8th District is that we're addressing these things. Right. Mm -hmm. We we have movies in the parks coming up. Um, Mm -hmm. We participated with the Ciclavia. Um, which led right to our jazz festival. Right. So we try to have these things because we know how neglected South L.A. has been. And I think that's something um, we need to make sure that we're constantly having and constantly doing. And I like also what you said. It's not 
even just local government is also the organizations. So you became an organization to support the work that's going on, to support the fact that residents want to Mm de-stress. They want to feel safe in their neighborhoods. They want a place to drop off their kids. (laughs) (laughs) So the kids can be doing something productive and be around, you know, um, healthy, strong, intelligent black men, right? That's another aspect of it. You can see other black men in your community doing something great for your community. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that impact as well? Um, You know, so a a lot of things I kind of just ride with. Um, Like someone told me the other day, like, you get to work with your dad every day. I'm like, (laughs) I just seen it as me and Pop chilling. (laughs) Because this is our time to actually get to know each other. Um, my father, he probably talk about it if you want him to, but I let him tell his story. I don't tell it. But, you know, he went through things and 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 I wasn't all we wasn't always together and this is our time to actually grow up and 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 be together. I feel like I'm teaching my father, you know, life when um when, you know, he still he taught me a lot, you know, whether he was there or not. He taught me a lot, but um, this is my time to teach my father life and, and give him, you know, the things that, that he didn't have as a kid when I know I didn't have it as a kid, but, you know, both of us to enjoy, you know, things outside of our comfort zone. And then it's the same thing as, is, is, uh, us trying to mentor other kids. He can touch kids in other ways. Not that way. Let's clear that up, y'all. He can emotionally touch yes, their hearts. Yes. yes. He, yeah, my bad. I'm sorry. Um, he, he can get to kids in different ways that I can't because, um, you know, I have kids that's a lot younger, and they frustrate me. So Pops has that understanding, and, and he can he can go and talk to kids and help them calm down and understand how to ride a bike different than I can teach them how to ride a bike or how they get them to cope when we're having PE classes and things like that other than, than I can. Wow. So you actually you have seen the impact of it, you know, having the tag team there to support each other while you guys are also building connection between each other. Yes. So like you said before, this is also a space to connect families. Was the that the reason why you went ahead and invited parents to join? Um, so then you said that they were dropping their kids off at first. That was part of it. <laughs> <laughs> the other part is you need to be here with your kids. You kid. <laughs> but um, so Pops. What was it like? What's it like for you to have this time and space to have this organization and do this work with your son? Yeah, that's great. It's great. It's amazing. You know, he has a big smile on his face, you guys. <laughs> yeah, it's something you know. I never, I never say it, but I'm very proud of the things that he doing it and the way that he grew up and became the man that he is. I'm very proud of that and. The brothers just do too much sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've seen your Instagram. You guys are busy. <laughs> you know, and it's like every time I come around, it's something different. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. I said, okay, let's do it. You know, I'm down with him. You know, whatever we do, if I could be down there. What are some things you've learned from your son in this process? Uh, I, learned, I learned how to treat people how I want to be treated. Really? You learned it from your son? Yes. Wow. Usually hear kids say that about their parents. I learned from him hard to give because I used to be like, nah, you bought five for me. I want 20 back. Uh, (laughs) That is correct. Wow. uh, No, I learned learned a lot. I learned how to give, learned how to appreciate things, you know, in this life. And it's a good thing. So I think that I like what you're saying because that's another thing I feel like even those of us – might be older than someone else, we can always still learn from those who are 
of uh, the next generation. Right. It's not always. I think sometimes we look at people younger than us as having this, you know, this their brain lid is open and we're just pouring into it. We never think about what we can get back. Mm -hmm. um, and I love that you shared that. And I love that this space, this organization, this club has created that for you. Because a lot of us don't get that opportunity yep. to really learn. And a lot of people don't get to learn that opportunity, don't get the opportunity to learn these things. Um, they, they die with, you know, you borrow five, you give me 20 back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Because I can't even do it to know. I used to try to be a little uh, long shark. <laughs> For a while, it worked, but then my heart started. No, man, you can't be doing that. I think that's, and I think that's important to highlight. Because yeah. I think we don't consider the way that we can change. And things like exercise, being in your community, connecting with your family, these are literally healing techniques when it comes to healing and dealing with trauma, yes. right? Because a lot of times, even that, you know, borrow five, you pay, you pay me 20 back, that literally comes from a way that you want to keep yourself safe. Yeah. I need to make sure I got my money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and if you grew up poor, because yeah. I know you told me you grew up in Aliso Village. Yes, well, you, part of my life. Part of your life. Yes. But if you grew up in a low-income community, mm -hmm. you're always thinking about how can I make sure my needs are met, even right. at the expense of others sometimes. Right. So to have a space where you can build with community, connect with your neighbors, connect with your family, it gives you a whole new outlook. Oh, maybe I don't have to be so defensive and protective. Maybe mm -hmm. I can rely. I don't have to ask for 20 back because I know if I do need another, if I do need 20, I have a community that can support me in getting my needs met. So yeah. Yes. <laughs> True. <laughs> I'm just highlighting because I think sometimes when we share stories or we share um, things we've learned, we can easily skip over the true impact mm. of it. Because I think um, the impact of this work that you're doing, based on what you just told me, has clearly impacted you, your relationship with your son, and your relationship to the community a certain way. Yes, yes it did. I, I love it. I love that's what you guys are doing. I love that this is what you guys have put forward. You guys are a volunteer organization um, and like you said, you do more than just fun bike rides. I saw on your Instagram you had diaper giveaways. Uh, food giveaways. What are some other things that you guys are doing? So one of the one of the things that we're we're bringing to the community, and I think um, it's a young man over here at Ride On that's doing the same thing for this community in Lamert Park. Um, we're we're going to bring a bicycle um, library. Um, What's a bicycle community. library? You got to so, explain that. So <laughs> we're we're bringing in um, um, about a hundred e-bikes to the community, and people are. We're gonna come. Residents are gonna be able to come in and borrow a bike, um, month, two months at a time. Um, they can use it for the duration of the pilot, but they have to bring it in so we can check it out. Um, and it's something that we're, we're gonna launch with with, with Lacey um, real soon. That's gonna give more people opportunities to ride bikes in the community. It's gonna give more people to ride bikes with us. It's gonna give more people to check out the bike freeways, as I call it, the infrastructure that we have in the community, and give them um, a chance to ride further. Because it is an e-bike, a pedal assist bike. They're going to be able to ride further with their families and enjoy um, um, neighboring cities as well. So um, you're transforming cities. You're not just building, you know, support for families. You're not just connecting families. You're actually trying to help transform the neighborhoods yeah. in the ways that we transport ourselves and the ways that we see our community. So you take it beyond just a group bike ride right. to know we need to actually address 
what resources we we can leverage mm-hmm. to create spaces where people can bike safely and even get bikes yeah. at all. Yeah. Because bikes aren't cheap. They're not cheap, especially <laughs> e-bikes. Um, I mean, and what's an e-bike for people who don't know? An e-bike is, you can you can get two different kinds of e-bike. You can get an e-bike where you sit there and you press a button and you go. Um, but the e-bikes that we're going to bring in, um, they're going to be electric bikes. Um, they'll have some speeds on there, um, maybe three levels of speed. Um, and you'll be able to pedal these bikes, but they give you a boost when you pedal. Um, so say if you rode 10 miles and you was tired riding those 10 miles on this bike, you'd probably be able to go 20, 25 miles, um, you know, round trip uh, without being tired. You're still going to break a sweat. You're going to be able to ride to work, you know, without breaking a sweat too much. But you're still going to get your, 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 your heart rate up. You're still going to burn those calories um, on the way to work. But you're going to show up to work probably less trenched than you were if you was on a regular bike. <laughs> Not going to lie. That is literally one of the things I think about when I'm like, oh, I should bicycle to work. Oh, mm-hmm. no. Not going to be sweating and be all that. So that's good to know that there's a way to make that happen. Yeah, and it probably helps you get there to work a little bit faster if you're not yeah, the best yeah. bicyclist. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, especially in the hills of Inglewood, you'll be able to. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Exactly. So, um, one of the things we talked about before was mental health, but another thing that you brought up and it's obvious is the physical health aspect mm-hmm. of it. And we know um, based off of many studies, and you can Google anyone you want, that health disparities are bigger in low-income communities. And in L.A., South L.A., Watts area, have they have the lowest life expectancy mm-hmm. um, for various reasons. Why, in your opinion, is bicycling a way to address that? Well, you know, um, it, it's, it's hard for us to get people on bikes as well. Um, although we've been doing this for um, 14 years now, um, we still have challenges with with um, main uh, sustaining people in our organization because um, our, our organization is based in a community where there's poverty and people can be doing good at one point in time and then they can be back down on their luck. Mm-hmm. Um, so just trying to keep them right, even though we give and help with all of this stuff. Right, because you also help uh, families get get bikes and things like that as well. It's hard for for people that become members of our organization to stay there because they have to deal with the stresses of life. Right. Um, This helped them. They felt good. A lot of them we talked to is like, all right, um, I need to get back on my bike because when I was riding, I was down 20 pounds. Now I gained every pound that I lost back and some. So I want to get back on the bike ride, but I got to go to work. And and, and I got to do this. I got to do that. And um, we know our bike rides that we have on Sunday mornings, you know, compete with church. (laughs) (laughs) Church going to win all the time. (laughs) But um, that was the best day that we seen that people can come out and ride bikes. Saturdays, you got all your kids and all of their sporting activities. Mm. Sundays, it's harder. It's easier for them to get out. And study shows that Sunday is a better day to ride bikes on the street because it's less traffic on the streets. Um, so we just look at it as as ways where we can continue to get people involved and get um, people out on, on, on bikes and on the streets and to learn their community and just have fun and, and get back and get back in shape um, one pedal at a time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think, you know, it's important that we highlight the physical health aspect of it too, but it's, I like what you also highlighted, which is 
there are circumstances that make it challenging. The reason why I appreciate you saying that is sometimes when people don't participate and join up with our things, people get frustrated. You know, mm -hmm. you know, this community don't care. I try building this. Oh, and I'm sure know. you've heard people say things like <laughs> no, that, we right? Said it. <laughs> <laughs> so you said it. So then let me, let me ask you this then. But somehow you made a switch to empathy because I just heard it. So yeah. how did that happen? It, it, well, you know, uh, 2008, 2009, 2010, um, we wasn't seeing what we wanted to see, what we thought we see everybody in the community on bikes. Yeah. And we're like, oh, with this bike club, we'll get more people involved. But sometimes that's exactly what they're doing. They're on bikes. They're going to work and back home. Right? They're not trying so, to do all this recreational stuff. No, they don't have time to help somebody else. I just help my family by going to work <laughs> and getting back home. I don't got right. time to go out and ride bikes with you to have fun. <laughs> I don't got right. time to go out on a on a night bike ride because you feel I got to get up and go to work in the morning. So um, we said we're going to help the people that we can't help, and we're going to still continue to reach out and help people who we feel should be a part of this. A lot of people that come to the organization, they don't have a bike. Um, we have a Earn a Bike program. Um, and it's 300 hours of riding, um, 300 miles of riding, which some people say that's a lot. It's 10 miles a day. But it's a goal days. also, yes. right? It's, yes. Sometimes it's helpful to have an actual goal, a number mm -hmm. that I want to reach, you yep. know? And the bike is definitely important because you want to be consistent, mm -hmm. but at the same time, it's a great way to encourage yourself and then give yourself a reward, a healthy reward. Because yep. yes. I know sometimes we have to celebrate with cake, and yeah. going to the restaurant. <laughs> but you can celebrate getting a bike <laughs> with getting a bike. And you might get some cake, too. <laughs> <laughs> and you might get some cake, too. Um, just bike it off. Just bike it off. <laughs> so do you feel like there is, um, for yourself or and for you, Pops, now even more of an understanding of what the community needs since you've been involved? I know sometimes people say things before they get involved, and then when they get involved, they're like, oh, wait a minute, there's even more that I, I was missing. Yeah, so that's what made us become a nonprofit organization. Um, we was just a community grassroots bike club, having fun. Um, we'll ask for donations and people will give them to us, but it wasn't a tax write-off benefit for them. Um, and we couldn't get, you know, big big checks from folks. <laughs> right, you know, grants and things like that to couldn't, couldn't be able to provide things yeah. for the community. Um, so um, 2018, after 10 years of being an organization, we decided, you know, now is the time. We probably don't have the structure, <laughs> but now is the time to do that. Um, I'll figure it out. Uh, you know, Pops, don't worry about it. You're there. Let me figure this all out. We're going to become an organization so we can um, be more impactful for the community. And um, we launched uh, the nonprofit organization. We got some good folks to help us out with that. And um, now that helps us listen to the community even further. Um, go beyond what we thought our scope of work was and open it up and, and be kind of reactive to the community needs. Um, and instead of just thinking about what we want it to be, listening to the community and implementing what they want um, from the organization. I love that. I love listening to the community because mm -hmm. it's easy to think I'm going to go help. Mm -hmm. I call it, I call it, you know, basically being imperialistic with your health. Yep. You know, you're going to go in yep. and tell somebody else, no, you need this. You need You this. know, obesity is a problem in my community. You need my bike. <laughs> you know? And then not take into consideration, well, look, I have kids. I have, and I'm struggling to feed them, you mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm struggling to, you know, get my baby diapers. Yep. So you saw that there were other needs that were even coming um, into play when you were trying to help. But some people, they don't, they don't have that, um, 
switch come on until later, yeah. right? And I think that's what you guys are saying, that yeah. that switch came on when you started to be on the ground, like, okay, I can't just say, you, you know, you need to be bicycling. You also need food. <laughs> COVID, COVID uh, showed us that what well, well, we already knew. Our communities are already communities that, that's hurting. So how much further can we go, right? Mm. We, we already have been to the bottom. But we did know that our community was going to need some help with, with feeding. These kids was going to school for, for, for eight hours a day. And the, and the moms and dad didn't have to worry about those two meals. Right. We that started cooking pancakes. <laughs> nice. We had pancake and sausage breakfasts every Monday through Friday uh, when, when the pandemic hit. Somehow I knew school was going to close. I didn't know school was going to close. <laughs> I just knew every Cesar Chavez day we did a pancake breakfast um, in the community somewhere or a cleanup. And we had the stuff ready, geared up for um, a pancake breakfast. And we launched um, a breakfast for kids. At first it was just for kids. Mm-hmm. And then we opened it up to the whole community. We wound up making about eight, 900 meals every morning, wow. Monday through Friday. And then some guy just had the great idea of wanting to do lunch as well. <laughs> <laughs> Who <laughs> we was that guy? <laughs> crazy guy that run this organization. <laughs> we, call, we can call him Crazy John. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's wrong with that dude. Then we started doing... 800 lunches every day uh, for the community. Um, and then we started reaching out to other nonprofits that was around, and we brought them in, and that helped us um, with the lunch part. And we continued to cook breakfast and reached out to uh, different sporting um, entities like the Rams and the LA Galaxy, and they came in and with players and money to help. So, um, you know, we was able to feed people for a long time um, until, you know, we felt people was we felt people was back. We didn't listen to the community on that one. I'm sorry. But we felt people was back on their feet. Mm-hmm. Took a break. I have a feeling the community would have let you know yeah. if they was like, hold up. <laughs> that's why we came back with, with, with uh, what we're doing now. You know, um, you just had a food giveaway, actually. Food giveaway every Wednesday. We do every a food Wednesday. Giveaway at two different places, uh, one in our Compton location and one in our, our Watts location. Uh, we, we, we strive to give away 100 to 150 bags of food. And um and Watts and about three hundred um, prepacked meals in Compton um, for about uh, three hundred families. Where can people go if they're in need? Where where are the exact locations? So Compton is uh twenty one eleven West Compton Boulevard in Compton, California, and um and Watts it's fifteen thirteen East one hundred third Street, um, Los Angeles, California nine thousand two, um, and then um you know you can always follow us and find out what we're doing and because. A lot of people want to give me a warning next time. Well, <laughs> your warning is here. Go to our Instagram page, hit like, and then that'll help you understand <laughs> everything that's coming up because it hit Instagram before it hit our website. And he's telling the <laughs> truth because that's how I found out about a lot of the things that you guys were doing. You were very, um, you have a lot of a lot of events <laughs> on yeah. your Instagram. So one of the things you have on on your Instagram is a community PE class at Ted Watkins Park. Um, you do this three times a week. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so the the community PE class came up, but once again, during our COVID, um, kids was on their, they, they was on Zoom. They was on their video games. They were mm-hmm. watching TV. And we said, um, let's, when we launched the campaign, we actually had billboards in the community. We had everyday people take pictures and say, why I ride, right? And then we called it Ride with John. So kids and families was coming out and riding. It grew and grew and grew. 
And then um, we said, you know what? They're missing out on their physical activity. Let's let's do something in the park. So we had five days a week of not only riding bikes, <laughs> but five days a week of uh, kids coming out and uh, doing, um, learning how to kickbox and and uh, push-ups and jog and baseball and softball. Right I didn't get kickboxing in PE. And we went after a grant through, if we wouldn't have been a nonprofit organization, we wouldn't have been able to go after the grant right. through the uh, California um the California Foundation, Community, Community, Community Foundation, Fund. and um, we was able to to get a grant last year for summer learning, and then this year we was able to get another grant for community learning uh, through them, and and this one is actually going to go a little bit further than just um, the summer, so um, we're we're able to bring that back, um, have people come and exercise in the park and learn about the organization and um, do things that's out of their comfort zone, um, and then just give them the ability to, to explore their community as well. So we do that every day. Well, not every day. Three times a week this now. <laughs> not, we used to do it every day. Three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays at Ted Watkins Park uh, between uh, 2.30 and 3.30 every, uh, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. How can people participate, and what should they bring if they come? So um, participate, just roll up. We'll sign you in. Um, just roll up. Roll I up, love that. Either on your bike. <laughs> or your car. Or your feet. Oh, your feet. Not then your car. car. Oh, <laughs> I was like, oh, am I telling them the wrong thing? <laughs> so, bike, feet, last resort Last car. resort car. <laughs> if, you, if you can't find your bike with air in it and your feet are hurting, then go ahead and drive. <laughs> or the, or or you live on the west the side. The bus or the train. There you go. Pops live on the west side, bus or train. Yeah. <laughs> and I always say that as well before I finish that. Um, if this organization was on the west side, we'll have so many more resources to help folks than where we're at. And I refuse to like move our organization somewhere to get more things because that's the whole reason the Eastside name is there because, you know, we're from, I'm going to say it, we're from nothing, but we're going to, sh- we're going to show you that we can produce something right. um, in, in our community. Um, I, I do get a little jealous sometimes when I see my friends thriving <laughs> with their organizations. I'm like, <laughs> We've been doing this for how long? And we, <laughs> but you guys are doing some amazing things, yeah. and you guys are very visible and present, consistently present yeah. in the community. As you know, it's very clear with all these events and giveaways that you have. Um, but should people bring anything in particular, other or just so so bring clothes to bring, exercise? Bring your clothes, exercise. Bring your your uh, water, and um, and if you don't have water, um, we're gonna start bringing water out there as we get more people. Um, we'll bring water out there um, and just be prepared to have some fun. And is, are there is there another bike ride coming up? Yeah, so we have bike rides every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. at Ted Watkins Park. Oh, so that's still going on. Yep. Okay. That, that, that happens every <laughs> Sunday morning. Um, we, you know, we want to get into more um, bike rides so we can have more people come out. Um, but like I said earlier, Sundays is like the best days where kids are not playing sports or, or they're able to, to come out and ride. Um, although we, we love and we want adults to be involved, um, that's, we want them to be there with their kids. We really want to have those kids to come out and explore the community. So we'll ride from like Ted Watkins Park and we'll go to Matt Johnson Park or we'll go to the riverbed or we'll ride back to um, to a park um, further like Augusta Hawkins or something like that. So we're taking kids and, and, and getting them out of their community um, and, and showing them that, you know, fun is a bike ride away. In other parts of South LA. Other parts of South LA. <laughs> I mean, I didn't, I didnn't, I didn't go to Magic Johnson Park. Um, well, no. Sorry, I didn't go to the towers. 
until we started riding um, bikes. Really? Yeah. Wow. I never the watchtowers. The watchtowers. Never visited the watchtowers until we started riding bikes. Wow. You know, that's something I've heard from people before where, you know, until they started really walking or riding their bikes, they didn't even know yeah. where it's, they didn't even know where certain things were. Yeah. That and that's a you know, a landmark, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So we're gonna go ahead and wrap up, but how can people support or be involved with future Eastside Rider Bike Club events? So one way to support us is going to our website. Um, it's a donate button. You can donate it right there. But um, I I like the best way for you to support us is coming out and volunteering. Um, if you have time on a Wednesday, uh, come out and volunteer with us at either of the locations. Um, if you have time um, where you want to help uh, with a program that we have rolling, um, uh, let us know. Um, but you can always uh, find whatever we're doing on our Instagram at Eastside uh, Bikes. Um, and then you can find our website at www.esrbc.org. And you can send us an email at eastsidebikes at gmail.com. Thank you so much, Pops and John, which is Pops is John Jones, Jones Jr. Yes. And then there's John Jones the third. Third. Right? Um, we'll have all these all this information also in our show notes. So you can find their website and their Instagram very easily if you look in the show notes. Thank you again for joining us. I appreciate you guys coming in to be our South LA highlight. You guys definitely deserve to be highlighted. And I think you guys are amazing. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you for listening to MHD Off the Record. And special thank you to Felicia, the poetess Morris of Morris Media Studios in Lamert Park. For more information, please visit MHDCD8.com and follow at MHDCD8 on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget to rate us five stars, subscribe, and share with a friend.